Welcome back, I'm Kim Bailey, she's fully under Osborne and this is Inside Exec. For those of you who haven't yet seen the video, this is part two of our 100th episode and in it we continue our discussion with John Eddy, Nick Plummer and Josh and Crystal Hockley. And this time we're talking about getting a work and life balance and what you do, what your reaction is when you achieve your big goals. What do you do after that? So let's get started. The challenges and opportunities with working pattern. Actually, it's worked out easier for me than I thought because before I knew that I was the sort of person that would work and I love working and I would spend many, many hours. And I was a bit worried about how much time do I leave for myself to spend with family and friends and now grandchildren and, and all of that. What I've found is that I actually can do it because I'm using different way of thinking, I'm using different technology. So just because I'm in another state, it doesn't mean I'm not mentoring and coaching. Just because I'm even overseas, it doesn't mean that. I've got clients who are on a different time zone now, and I do it from here. So my challenge is, is to continue to be true to myself, and that is to continue to have the balance the way I want it to be. If you do a pie chart for me, it doesn't mean that 50% has to be friends or 20%. I think that as long as I'm doing it, but I have to say that I still want my family and my clients to come first. But I don't want to change that. I'm happy with that and I'm getting more than enough out of it. So for me, the challenge is to continue to remind myself what's important and to stick to it. Work-life balance. Well, life comes before work. <laughs> oh, hang on. Let, let me rephrase. Triathlon comes before work. <laughs> Actually, no. To be honest, like, basically for me, it comes down to my priorities and that's how I balance things. I guess a lot of people may look at what I do and think maybe triathlon is number one. But to be honest, my family and, and Josh is number one. So with my balance, if anything is impacting mine and Josh's relationship, well, I'd take a step back and, and readjust. That's that's the first thing. The second thing is basically I want to do what makes me happy. I have been in a few jobs over the years that didn't make me happy. One in particular where I literally set myself a date that if I didn't have another job by the end of that four-week period, I was quitting no matter what. And funnily enough, I, I had a job a uh, week before my quit date. <laughs> that job consumed a lot of my time and at that point I'd only just started triathlon and I decided that I wanted to put more time into triathlon and mainly because it was something that I enjoyed doing with Josh and we spent lots of time together. I was fit, I was being healthy and active. So then, yeah, I moved into that job, which was a little less time consuming and I had more time to put into my sport. And then about 12 months later, another job opportunity came up, which was closer to home. Which I was five minutes from work. So that gave me an extra two hours in my day because I wasn't traveling. So that was more time to put into my sport and balance my life a bit better. So basically, yeah, I changed jobs. And I think, did is that, when did you start your business? I think that was about the time Josh started his quit his job in Sydney and and started his business so that we could have a better work life balance. It was a massive change for us. We went from Josh was earning about a hundred thousand a year, and I think in my other job I was on about sixty, and we basically 
probably cut down to living on about 60 between us. <laughs> but that's fine. I was happy to sacrifice that. And I, it's not something that I ever complain about. It's my choice. I prefer to have time and be able to do the things that I enjoy to be able to have the work-life balance. And hopefully over the next few years, I will be able to start to do some things that will allow me maybe to have a bit more financial freedom to be able to do a little bit more of what I love. So that's basically my thoughts on work-life balance and, and how my life has changed in the last few years. I guess the challenge that I see in what I do, or what I try to do in, you talk about work patterns, is the move in executive leadership coaching from face-to-face to virtual. Organisations have uh, continue to focus on expense reductions, changing work patterns, people doing asked to do more with less resources, and they don't have time to sit down face-to-face and have a meeting with you. So the coaching work, uh, not just coaching, but mentoring as well, and I'm mentoring someone later this week, it's over the phone. We don't meet anymore. She is too busy. So she, it's easy for her to get on the phone. We have a chat. Using technology, and I'm coaching two people in Asia at the moment, one in Korea and one in Taiwan. They don't want to use Skype, so we've used WeChat. Okay, everyone on, is on WeChat in Asia. So it's free as well. So cost reductions for the company, cost reductions for me because they call me. So utilising the phone, email, Skype, not that often, and all the other free technologies like Line, WeChat, WhatsApp, Viber are all being utilised extensively now in a coaching environment. The day is gone that we're sitting down in a room with somebody face-to-face the virtual coaching is taking over and using the technology to have a, a discussion which is much more cost-effective as well. And that's what organisations are looking for, reduction in costs. Okay, we can do this over the phone. We don't, I don't need to travel to Korea to meet someone and I have a six-month coaching contract. All my coaching is over the phone or one of the technologies which you use. So that's the big issue from an executive leadership coaching perspective the big change is virtual coaching rather than face-to-face coaching. Are they younger or, or are they older? Or, and how do you find the older generation accepts the technology like a Skype call? Or The average age for the executive leadership coaching would probably be in their mid-40s and the mentoring is probably early 20s to mid-30s. No one has any problem with the technology that I've come across. The only thing uh, that I would say is that the first meeting in a coaching sense, I normally fly to the country and meet the people if I don't already know them, meet their boss, meet their stakeholders, spend a couple of days. That's all part of the fee. Then I fly back and after that it's all virtual. You need the chemistry. You make sure there's a fit. And by and large, I haven't had anyone said no yet, so... So this week when I'm uh, mentoring this young lady, it'll be over the phone. She works at North Ride. I don't have a car. She doesn't get to the city. So when do we meet? So it'll be over the phone, which is fine. And email. We just correspond back and forth what, what she's doing, what she's not doing. Just using technology. Yeah. It's much easier. And that's going to expand. It'll continue to get that way. You just won't have these meetings in here. The cost of going to have a meeting with someone is just to get to the meeting yourself as a coach and then spend an hour or two and then away and then they've got to take away from their office. They can sit in their office. They haven't got to meet in a separate room or a separate location. And that's the growth that's going on in coaching, virtual coaching. So people are embracing 
I think it's just expected now that that's what's happening. Yeah. And you can talk a lot more about it, what other company, what companies are doing are also developing people internally as their internal coaches, so it's not always external. Yeah. So establishing this coaching culture within organisations is a big thing at the moment. Coaching people as a leader rather than commanding them or you know, dictatorial approach is gone. If you try that approach, it's not going to work anymore. So organisation looking for leaders to be coaches, to develop their people, just like a sports coach, the same thing. When you go through a change sort of being used to working not nine to five but eight to seven five six days a week mm. and suddenly you're not doing that anymore and you're running a portfolio and you're working you know in bursts and you're not doing just one thing anymore you're doing a series of different activities uh, it's a massive change you think that I would have been prepared for it because I've helped other people go through it but in fact yeah. I wasn't prepared for it at all <laughs> And it's like the uh, plumber whose pipes never work in his house, you know. <laughs> I'm the plumber who couldn't get a career bit right. So the challenges have been getting that balance right. I still haven't got that right, but, you know, that's an interesting project and I'm working on it. But some of the other challenges are quite interesting too, and that common theme here is technology. Mm-hmm. Technology is just so all-important now in everything you do. Yeah. You know, what is it now? Two-thirds of the world's population now have mobile phones. Mm-hmm. One-third of the world's population can now access the internet so so much of what you do in all the work you do is going to be via the internet and communication is going to be not face to face so much anymore as you're all making the point it's going to be much more remote so I've struggled with that one because I never was technologically the smartest sort of uh, guy in the room and luckily I've got kids they teach me how to do all this stuff and they struggle with that because they don't learn real fast. But uh, even the volunteer work that I'm doing at the moment, you've got to learn the technology that goes with it, and which I found pretty hard. The other thing that I found hard, and this is a funny one, is how do you measure whether you're succeeding or not? You know, when you're running a business, it's very easy because it's are you making money or are you not making money? Are your employees happy or are they not happy? You know, they're very specific things you can measure and it's easy. When you're doing more nebulous sort of work, which the work I'm doing now is, it's very difficult to work out if you're succeeding or not. Mm-hmm. And if you're the sort of person who measures yourself by accomplishment, which a lot of us do, well, mm-hmm. how do you do that? So here's some of the, you know, there are many other challenges. The opportunities, though, outweigh the challenges, you know, because the opportunities are to drive real change, to do things you've never done before, and you're forced to learn things that you didn't think you could do even the technology, which is pretty satisfying. Another is the great is the increased freedom that you have as well, and freedom to even change your views on things as well. You can see the world in a different way. And in my case as well, something I've always loved and did a lot of when I was much younger, and I'm doing a lot more again now, is travel. We all travel so much more nowadays. Internationally, people are moving around. How many Chinese tourists do we have in Australia now? You know, mm-hmm. A few years ago, we wouldn't have had any Chinese tourists. Mm-hmm. And the, the possibility to go to amazing places. And even in this country, I bought myself an amazing camper trailer and a four-wheel drive, and I can go anywhere in this country. And I spent a lot of time right up north this year. It's been fascinating. So, yeah, great, great opportunities. Work and balance is something that I've experienced in the last couple of years since I've been running my business. And the one thing that's taught me is, is discipline. Crystal and I, when we do a race, we normally do a 12-week build and then we race. And then we have a recovery and then we do a 12-week build and then we'll race. 
what I've experienced is work is what we have to do and the balance is normally passion what we want to do. The way Crystal and I set up our year is we work really really hard for 12 weeks and then we'll go away to a destination and then we'll race and then we'll come home, work for another 12 weeks, go away and race. And that's the balance is you work hard for 12 weeks and then we go away for, it's normally between three to six days, Cairns, Western Australia, sometimes overseas, and that's our that's our balance and that's our passion. The one thing that I've learnt with discipline is when you're running your own business is you don't have a boss. <laughs> she thinks she is. So it's really easy to go... I could go and sneak in a 2K swim or I can go for an easy ride. Or... Oh, yeah, we all do that when we <laughs> It's really taught me discipline where I've went, no, I'm going away in four weeks to race. That's my balance. That's my passion. Right now, I need to mow these lawns or I need to do these hedges. It's time for work. Yeah. It's great. That's really good for character building, like, to, to say no. And I think this is what a lot of people need to learn where I'm finding that I've got to say no to passion as time for work, a lot of the population saying no to their passion and they're working. Some people have to do that, I understand that, but a lot of people could take a step back and say yes to their, their passion and the world could be a bit more of a happier place. But yeah, that's what I find with our work and, and balance is Crystal and I set ourselves 12 weeks, go away, come back, work hard 12 weeks. Thank you. Excellent, thank you. I struggle with allowing myself permission to take on the passion as being as important as what I consider the work side of things. And then I also have a dilemma when I'm in the passionate side of things that I've taken on a management role and then the management side of things becomes more of the focus than the passion is because I can see that they really need my help in this area and I could make such a difference but it's treading the path of a group of people who are not ready for that change not ready for the things that I want to do can see the improvements but don't really want to be part of them and so the management side of of my being takes precedence over enjoying the passion which is why I joined the the organization in the first place then that comes back to me saying, well, no, I've got to put it in its place. It's not as important as the other things that I'm doing. And so I don't give myself permission. And I use that not giving myself permission as an excuse to withdraw from the way I'm being drawn into that passion. So I still have a whole lot of issues that I need to work on in terms of, of getting that balance right. And it's about, it's me as an individual and me looking at, it's a mother thing, is that have your children, you have your career, you balance that really well because they're two very important priorities. And then you get to a point where the children are not needed in the equation any longer and so you've got the work that you're doing. The work takes over again and you're not really encouraged or in a position where you can give yourself permission to do other things. And I think that's a big issue across the board and something that we need to address in terms of the workforce, our age of the workforce, because it will increasingly be an issue for people who are provided with lots more time to do other things and are not able, for whatever reason, to give themselves permission to do it. And it's interesting to hear that you've all given yourselves permission to do things differently 
And so I have to take some notes. I have to make sure that I do that too. I have to give myself permission. Okay, we might take a break for a couple of minutes and have a coffee and things, and then we'll come back and do the next two questions. With the next two questions, we have in fact touched on them as well, so we, we might branch off again. Yeah. 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 What I struggle with is not being fully occupied, because I can't stand not having something, and it frustrates the hell out of me. You can't drink coffee and read books every day. Yeah. Mm. Uh, yeah. I have to have a purpose, yeah. and not being busy is the issue with me. Yeah. So that's one of the reasons I took on the Italian. I mean, I can play golf, but you yeah. can't. Yeah. I don't know, when I sort of left city, I, oh, I play golf every day. Yeah, boring. Yeah, yeah. You, really, you want the stimulation yeah. and, and you want interaction. Yeah. I think you get to a point where you want interaction. You've got to go and do something. Yeah. Your brain has to keep doing something. With yeah. Crystal and I, it's funny because I guess we kind of both in a little bit of denial with the whole the next five years because we do kind of look at, at the longer term, not so much five years, but it's Crystal and I are getting to the point in our sport where we've reached the top, we've, yeah. we've raced at the top level, we've, we've done everything. Mm-hmm. So what's next? <laughs> do we go into ultra running where we do 100k runs and stuff like that? I'm strung so highly strung that I can't, and I get this from my father, like I can't sit down and watch a movie. No. I need to keep moving, and I guess yeah. that's why I fell into this sport where mm-hmm. I do do so many hours of training because if I don't, I just... Yeah. I just fall. Yeah. I just felt falling into bad habits, you know. You guys run together. We used to tra- do a lot of training together at the beginning, but now because we're personal development, per- yeah, developing ourselves, and we both we used to have the same coach, and we'd get a lot of the similar sessions, which was fine. It was great, but now we want to focus on ourselves and where we're going. So it's a bit of negotiation between if our sessions match up mm-hmm. we'll train together yeah. if not we'll go out and do our, our own thing which is good like because we can kind of focus on ourselves but we're both in the same spot if yeah. that makes sense so yeah. if he's tired and grumpy or something and he reacts to a situation in a certain way I can go okay he's probably I'm out of here he's, <laughs> <laughs> he's, he's like training weekend yeah. and I don't take personally if he snaps at yeah. me or something and vice versa he might be like hey babe maybe you need a bit of sleep or need to eat a bit more or something so it, it's good like like that what i was going to say back on the always keeping yourself busy thing i really identified with that last year after so we had the ironman world championships and it was really interesting because i was lucky i qualified in december so i had a lot of time to prepare so i probably started preparing realistically in march and so for about seven months, I was so focused and I was like busy and I'm just at this goal. And then I did it. And then leading into it, I was like, oh, I can't wait to finish just to, to do nothing. Like, I don't know why I thought that. And then I finished. And to be honest, the, the two weeks after the race was probably my most difficult all year because I was, I was like... I almost, you almost felt a little bit empty, even though I'd done so well. I didn't know what to do with myself because I'd put all this time into it, and I, and then I got through those two weeks, and then I look back at it and I'm like, okay, I've identified that 
when I do that again or if I do that again or I get to that spot, I'm going to have other things in place that I can kind of, yeah, like still give myself some downtime, but okay, I'm going to focus on this now yeah. for the next two weeks. just kind of stop and there's a big back in. Yeah, and I almost like not, I don't like to say depressed, but maybe I was a little bit like, what's going on? Like, yeah. <laughs> I, and I, was, I even said to Josh, I was like, babe, I'm feeling a bit lost. Yeah. <laughs> lost. Yeah. Yeah. So no, right. it's interesting no, to hear yeah. from your perspective as well. Like, yeah, look, you have your days where you get, I wouldn't call it anxiety, but probably depressed a bit. Sometimes yeah. And you think, what am I doing? Yeah. And then you, okay, oh, I'm going to yeah. get back on the rails again. Yeah. yeah. And start. And then suddenly something happens. Oh, okay, I'm back into it again. Especially when you're with people again. Yeah. Yeah. How good is it when you first when when you say, when you just said you're back into it? How good is it when you identify that? Sometimes I fall off the rails with either my eating or my training, and I'm like, oh, back to just work hard, just work hard. And next minute, I'll get out of the pool and I'm like, I'm back. Yeah. I'm back. Yeah. That is the best feeling. Yeah, feeling yeah. How yeah. good is it when you yeah. like identify yeah. that? Hey, yeah. it's like Crystal. You're a bit pumped up about it. Yeah. Crystal just did it like in the last three weeks, yeah. three or four weeks. She was low energy, like just yeah. wasn't hitting her numbers. And I'm just like, you're a human being. Let it pass. Yeah. It'll come. Yeah. Like it'll come. And next minute, yeah. it was only like two days ago, three days ago. Yeah. She goes, I'm back. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it was that that identified when she identified that she was back. That's and the best feeling, I think. And you, but you, I think it's also important that you that you recognise that you almost have to go there to appreciate being back as well. Yes. Like, yes. like it is part of the process yeah. that you need yeah. to go go to here, and then when you go back to there, you're like, ah, oh, remember when I was yeah. there, and now I'm back. You see it on social media all the time. All the yeah. time. And so I, where I live, I've got a, a gym and I've got a swimming pool. So I religiously, maybe you see an orphan's going or something. Yeah. I go to the gym every morning and I don't kill myself, but I do probably 45 minutes and you know, yeah. stretching, yeah. and all that. And every evening I go swimming. Mm. And they've got a spa pool with yeah. all that hot stuff coming in, which I get in there first for 15 minutes and I go and swim 20 laps, breaststroke, yeah. that's all. God, do you feel better after that? Yeah. 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 Then you come back up and have something to eat. Yeah. Yeah. But, but I think there is two things to, to consider in, in all this discussion. One is you keep looking back to how your life has been in that act two, um, where you know you, we all got to work early, in your case, whether it's full-on training or whatever, and in your case, a number of businesses, that your hours were really, really long. And they're kind of spoken for because mm. from the minute you arrive, there's your phone is ringing, there's an appointment, and there's double appointments, and there's meetings, and then there's travel, and it's all happening, and it's done for you in a sense. You, yeah. but here you actually are more productive and more balanced. But your mind is still thinking, I'm being lazy. Yeah. I used to do that. I used yeah. to think, God, how could you? How could you? Oh, you know, there's two hours and you did nothing. And then you think, well, how did that, that did happen? Well, you see all these people going to yeah. work every day in the city. Like, yeah. I can look out the window. I'm outside looking in now and yeah. I think it's fantastic. I can imagine what they're all going through. Because it's, yeah. it's hard work, longer hours, yeah. stress, uh, mental health problems out there. Yeah. Significant mental health problems to go on. And I've noticed quite a, quite a few in the coaching. But, but that but, brings me back to your comment, and that is really, to me, the, uh, apart from measuring yourself differently, which you can, and, and completely different to the old way, 
is also the people interaction. Mm -hmm. And yes. I'm one of those people. If I have one day, which I never had, but I can imagine <laughs> one day without some sort of people's interaction, yeah. even my husband says to me, uh -huh. like, half a day, he just go, go somewhere, <laughs> talk to someone. Because I, I, I need yeah, people. I need and that too. So now I'm in a position where I can manage my diary. So what I do is, even if somebody suits them that, to meet on, say, Tuesday, and I've got nothing else in the city, I try to build that appointments close to maximize time. But even if it's one appointment, I'll come in rather than do it by phone. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's no, just, it's... Again, do what suits your body mm -hmm. and head. Yeah, you need people interactions. Yeah. I joined a group called Internations, which is yes. uh, when I was in Taiwan, and they're, it's a social group. Mm -hmm. And you met, went down to Darling Harbour last week, got drunk. No, I only had three beers, but I was. <laughs> 200 people from different, yeah. all around oh, the world. Lovely. And so I was talking to guys from Russia, from Germany. It was a social disconnection. Yeah, that's that great. Yeah. need that. And a few beers. Yeah. And they also have business connections, things. They have business yeah. groups, how to build your business and that, so you can have little coffee groups and that. So you need that. So I yeah. need that personally. I need yeah. that social interaction to at least stay on, not on my own. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah. Sometimes you can go for a couple of days and not talk to anyone, mm -hmm. which yeah, is pretty, pretty bad. Yeah, I mean, so you but, need but, that. But see, there's the opportunity, and I think people like us and many, many other like us should be coming up with answers for mm. that. I really mean it, because what is it that brings people together and a mix of people, age, gender, mm. um, experience, background, all different, mm. and this way, you actually, your, your mind gets better, yeah. because you're it's thinking, healthy. and I'm listening yeah. to you, and I'm going, oh, okay, yeah, I didn't know that yeah. angle, yes, and it makes me go somewhere else in yeah. my head, yeah. you know, oh, so we need to figure out how do we, other than through podcasting and groups like that, how do we do it? Mm. I mean, it is social, but it's more than social. Mm. Um, I know that when I was growing up, which there isn't anything like it, we had the youth club, and it wasn't anything like what you imagine a youth club is. It was one of those places mm. where you went there, it was always supervised, um, so it was always, there was no alcohol or anything like that, it was always supervised, and it was a club where you always knew there's someone there to do something with. Mm. And that would be either whether you're watching a cartoon or whether you're playing pool or whether you're playing um, chess or whatever. Mm. You went there and mm. if you, you, you sort of, and we got it as a reward at home. So if I'd done all my chores and for a week, every fortnight I was allowed half an hour. Mm. Somebody would drop me off and then pick me up. Mm. So, we need somewhere where if you feel like socialising or interacting, I should say, mm. you could go there and you'll find someone. Yeah. Well, Crystal and I are kind of experiencing that with our life at the moment. Like, yeah. through our Instagram and our social media, we have... We have a network of people that we see their day to day, like with Instagram stories, we yeah. see their training, we see, yeah. we see their life, that we see their injuries and their health, yeah. and then in twelve weeks' time, we'll all go down to Geelong and we'll race, and then um, it's all it's all game time. Yeah. We're all competitive. We race against yeah. each other, but then after the race, we all go have a beer and have dinner mm -hmm. together, yeah. and we discuss what race we're doing the next time, and then yeah. we go home, and we won't see him for another twelve weeks, but we'll see him every day in our social media. Yeah. Yeah. Um, so the, the key, they use social media better, mm. but also you want just, the talking just, better yeah, to do away conversation. Social media, because yeah. we are very active on social media, mm. we see a lot of trash and a lot of social media yeah. just 
I call it junk. Mm-hmm. But then the people that know how to use social media, yeah. it's, it's yeah. so powerful, as in networking and, yeah. and, yeah. and seeing, like, we met someone the other day in Newcastle that we've met for the first time, but right. it was actually so scary how much we knew about yeah, each other. Yeah, I feel like you, you meet that person and you, already, and you already know them. But I think, um, I think social media is... I guess what you're getting at with the actual connecting with people, social yeah. media is probably in a way not good for that because a lot of people are aren't coming together because they because, because they're they're seeing mm. this on social media and um, yeah, I guess it, it's got its pros and well, it's, although it's you know the, the other way it works though, that, so you're doing with people and you know them all in a business sense, yeah, and then you move on to this third stage way. But you stay in touch with a lot of those yeah. people through the social media, so, yes, which is yes. good. It, so is, so it is good. It's yeah. got its pros and cons, yeah. isn't it? Yeah, yeah. It does. Yeah. yeah. But, but yeah. I Except you get sick and tired looking at the meals that they have. What you said earlier on as well, too much of like the nice face and the yeah. nice situation. Yeah. Let's see some raw real stuff. Yeah, yeah. 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 But, yeah. but also no. let's give ourselves permission and to use your word and discipline to say, okay, so I saw John on a Wikipedia, but I saw John and he's been to Mongolia. Why don't I pick up the phone? So can you have a, can we have coffee? Tell yeah. me a bit more about yeah. it. Chris, so you're good at picking up the phone and going and catch up with people. Yeah. How yeah. do people react to, to the phone call? Because sometimes I get to the point where, am I intruding? Should I text the girls? People embrace it. Yeah, I, I think. I think people are looking for some kind of connection. Yeah, exactly. Know well. They don't know how to go about it sometimes. Yeah, 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 exactly. And meeting them personally is not that easy. Yeah. The phone is so simple. I think a, uh, a lot of people do like text messages because they can respond yeah. to you when they yeah. want. Come on, you lot. We're supposed to be going to have coffee. Let's have a break. We will stop it there and we'll be back with you for part three of our discussion with John Eddy, Nick Plummer and Josh and Crystal Hockley. But for now, I'm Kim Bailey. She's Fuliana Osborne and this is Inside Exec. <laughs>